0: Welcome to Manage This, the podcast by project managers for project managers. Every other week, we get together to discuss the topics that matter to you, whether you're in charge of a large team in an international company or leading a small group in a local business. The guiding principles are the same, and we want to share them with you through the eyes of others who are doing the stuff of project management. I'm your host, Nick Walker, and with me are the resident experts, Andy Crow and Bill Yates. And Andy, talk about experts. We have someone in the studio today who is not only in the thick of managing projects himself, but he teaches others and is involved in numerous community projects. And a really smart uh, guest as well. This is going to be a good one. And I think his passion is going to connect with a lot of our listeners' passions. Well, let's meet him. Roger Duke is the engineering project manager at the Department of Energy's Savannah River site, where he has been for the past 40 years. He's also currently assigned as the Agile Coach for the first Agile project there. He holds mechanical engineering degrees from Auburn University and the University of South Carolina. He is an adjunct professor at Augusta University Hull School of Business teaching project management. He is a newspaper columnist, a conference speaker, and has served as director and officer of more than 10 nonprofit organizations. Roger, welcome to Manage
1: This. Thank you, Nick. Glad to be here.
0: Now, I, I know one thing that you are involved in is, is the community. It's important to be involved in the community how can project managers be involved and why is that important to you
1: well one thing that I discovered in some of my organizations I worked in is that when you build a board of um, for for a nonprofit you look they typically look at things like legal marketing uh, businesses that can be sponsors and when I got in there I found out that these Organizations are great at coming up with ideas and dreams, but they don't know how to implement them. Mm. and And there was a niche for somebody on the board to actually follow through and do something. Okay, (laughs) and that's where the project management approach or significance came in: is that they can come up with the ideas, but you need somebody on the board to actually execute them.
2: And you know, uh, Roger, I've experienced that as well. I've been on uh, fewer than you have, but quite a few boards. And what you have (coughs) is a lot of passion and then sometimes they struggle with process hmm. and sometimes they downright resist process i've found because it gets in the way of the passion you know there's all this energy all this passion and project managers can maybe help channel that
1: there were a couple of big projects that were sitting out there ready for the, and the uh, to, to do but the sponsors that were supporting were going to take their money away because nothing uh-huh. was happening right you mm. know and so I just stepped up for one, in particular, to put a marquee on an historic theater. And uh, it was just uh, a great project, very exciting, big difference, big impact on the community because of its visibility. And that's when I realized, project managers need to be on the boards okay you've got to have somebody with that uh, perspective on how you're gonna actually execute and make something happen and it just grew from there and so as I got more involved in the community and different organizations I would just take on projects at each of those and uh, really could make a difference
3: one of the things that we talk about in the role of project managers project managers get things done you know we've had p.m. sit in here and talk about well my CEO had a vision, but I had to come alongside and get that vision and break it down and then recruit a team and get it done. So uh, that really, that's a great point. And it also ties into one of our core values here at Velocity, and that is community service. So I applaud your efforts in your local community to
1: to get things done. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's made a lot of difference. That's the thing about community service. It's a great balance for work and life, okay? You spend all day working and and making a difference at your company, but you can use community service to address passions and purposes uh, uh, that you can't get at work, and that's where I've really discovered the the beauty of community service.
2: You know what, Roger? uh, Bill mentioned that one of our core values is community service, and so the way we Implement that at Velocity, which is we ask every employee to give five percent of his or her work time to a nonprofit, and they can do that without approval from a manager. So, you want to take one day a month and go volunteer somewhere, you can do that. And we ideally it's a local not for profit, although we don't mm-hmm. impose that, and ideally, um. We use our project management skills in some way. Now, sometimes we we just pack lunches for uh, at need people in the community, but uh, if we can get involved and do uh, use our project management, so Bill and I are involved right now with a not for profit in the area and trying to help them organize a, a big project that uh, that they're doing as a fundraiser, things like that. But i got a question for you. Okay, my question is this. Um, when you're working with not-for-profits, you've been on 10 boards, you're working with volunteers a lot of times, and you're in this situation where you're leading volunteers. That's a different situation than being at the Department of Energy and having a staff. Talk, talk about that difference a little bit and how you've uh, found success there.
1: Well, first of all, nonprofits are not going to be successful without a strong volunteer support, mm-hmm. okay? So you need to treat them special. Right. And I like your approach about asking your employees to give time, not money, okay? Because time, it's one of the things I think is the most important resource. It's much more important than money uh, because everybody has it. But the, the bad news is you only have so much of it. So the, you know, you got to use it and apply it uh, appropriately to get the most out of it. So uh, volunteers, um, like I said, they're, they're critical. And the, the way that we – uh, the way that I approach a volunteer, is, first of all, is I make sure that I don't ask them to do something unless they are good at it mm-hmm. and enjoy it and can contribute. So we want to make sure that when we give them an, uh, an assignment or, or ask for volunteers that they want to do it. And I'll, I'm a real believer in strength based management, and so understanding what people are good at and what they like to do. Uh, is real important. So we'll talk to them and ask them. What do you like to do? What are you good at? You know, and That at least gets some volunteering on uh, Activities that they like and that's the first thing but we hope they recognize a, a purpose for what they're doing. hmm so uh, Whether it's a, Associated with the mission of the organization or with the task at hand We want them to feel like they have a purpose and we'll ask those questions if they're passionate about it, that's just a plus. Okay, all right. Uh, but uh, finding that perfect volunteer has that combination of purpose and passion, and we really folk try to try to do that.
0: What I want to ask you. You, okay? you, you said you, you, you take your project manager hat in, mm-hmm. and, and into the uh, community service arena. Uh, I was just wondering if, if it works both ways. Are you able to, to glean things from, uh, from your experience with the nonprofits, uh, the passion, and, and sort of take that back into your uh, project management world?
1: I have gotten to the point now where I look for opportunities in everything I do. So whenever I get an assignment, regardless of what it is, there's probably an opportunity associated with it. And so I really just think about that, okay? And so if there's a way f- to find an opportunity that supports one of my passions or my purpose, okay, mm-hmm. then I'll take that opportunity and bring it into my project management world and say, okay, what can, what initiative, what activity, what project can I create uh, that allows me to achieve that opportunity? Mm-hmm. And it just kind of all connects. But staying focused, for me pers- personally, staying focused on making opportunities into reality, uh, that's a project. It's my own product, service, and result, if you will, that uh, you know, I go out and try to do. And I just call them opportunities or moments or memories or whatever. And that's how I have taken what I get associated with and then weaving it into project management. I love project management. It's what I like to do. So I'm going to take that strength, that talent, that skill that I love, and I'm going to apply it to something that can make a difference. Mm -hmm.
3: I think of, I like the points you made about, let me figure out for these volunteers, what's their skill set? What's their, can they relate to this purpose, the purpose of this organization, what we're trying to accomplish? And then it's you know it's gravy if they have passion as well that's those are great uh elements and i think about um once i was teaching a class and i had a guy in the class named edgar and a it was a a project management fundamentals course and we were talking about this you know how do you lead people that are that you're not paying and um one of the elements that really worked well for edgar uh he shared in class and he he had transitioned from the military so he'd had a long uh, military career and had retired, and then he went to work for the VA hospital, and uh, he was down in Florida, and he was responsible for a group of volunteers, and some of these are, are kids who've gotten in trouble with the law, and now they're having to, to put in community service hours, and uh, so he had a very different strategy for them than he did for individuals like us who may, you know, be there volunteering for a, a different purpose. So, you know, I think it aligned with what you said, Edgar would figure out what's their point of passion, why are they here, and then really try to dive into that with them to see how are they contributing, what are they getting from this. And uh, I thought that was a nice a nice point there is we're trying to figure out how do we get people to invest in and buy into our projects. Well,
1: so. people like doing things that they're good at and they like doing things that they feel good about doing. Right. So, if you're uh, leading a, uh, a group of volunteers, to me, that's what you should focus on. How do you make them feel good about what they're doing? You know, so they feel good about themselves. Uh, and to do that, though, you have to find out about them. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. you can't just uh, treat them as a group. You have to treat them as individuals.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I think that to dive into that deeper, Roger, I think. For Edgar, that's where he felt the success. The key to success was figuring out for each individual who's participating in this project, whether they're a volunteer or it's someone being paid, mm-hmm. what is their what is their skill set? Yeah, but then what is their connection point? How right. how how do they feel like they can be successful in in helping in this endeavor? And it's fun for me to think because he you know again military background. He said this used to be no issue at all. You know, you just look at right. somebody's shoulder and go, okay, do I need to listen to this guy or not? <laughs> I need to do what they say? And uh, so now he's got people that are, you know, they they may have no connection at all. They may be working community service hours or well, not. Well, something interesting
2: with this, Bill, it gets into is something you and I've discussed quite a bit of this idea of task-oriented versus relationship-oriented. Yep. And, you know, contingency theory says you really have to be able to, to move back and forth between those two things right. to be an effective leader or effective manager. I think... When I'm when I'm listening to Roger, my brain is kind of uh, going through a lot of things. I'm I'm on the board of a entrepreneurial incubator and I'm on the board of a symphony right now, uh, in town and love. Uh, so I'm very passionate about both of those things. But I'm listening to you talk and realizing, you know what? It really is important to connect people to that mission. But you got to get to you got to get to know individuals. You can't look. It's not a one size fits all. Mm.
1: That's right. I mean, when you use the word volunteer, that is singular, not plural, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's the way you have to look at it. My wife calls me a simple, complicated man, okay? (laughs) And uh, when I was uh, raising my kids, I had two things that I wanted them to to learn. One was to know right from wrong and uh, pick good friends, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, when it comes to dealing with people, when I meet somebody, you look at them and you believe that that person could be the person that could change your life. Mm. And you treat them that way. Every person, it doesn't matter who it wow. is. And I've got stories after stories about individuals who you would think could not have an impact on a person. And it, and it turns out that they're the ones that turn their lives around. So... Mm. When I'm dealing with people in uh, in a community or organization in a nonprofit, uh, and we want to make something happen, make a difference, you have to believe that that person has the ability has the ability to make that difference and then you just go with it and you look and be, and you build that relationship piece of it and you understand mm-hmm. where they come from and what they can and you know what the strengths they have and what talents they have and what they love to do mm-hmm. and who knows okay right. and you don't know when it's going to happen that's the, that's the right. cool thing about it at mm-hmm. some point that relationship that you build is going to create that opportunity that you didn't know existed mm-hmm. and and that's what I have that's what I really enjoy about what I do mm-hmm.
2: My oldest son's in his twenties, and he and I own uh, an event rental company together—tents, tables, chairs, staging, dance floors, linens—and um, we regularly talk about seeking out the seeds of greatness in the people that work for him. Mm-hmm. Which is a kind of a similar idea. You're looking at um, at what makes this person unique and mm-hmm. what makes them special, and. Um, you know you try and nurture that in other people that's that's the key to, to great leadership if there is a key to great leadership yeah it's it's finding and and being able to bring out those seeds of greatness in somebody else to make other people great
1: it, it is and then and it took me only 50 some odd years to figure out what i wanted to do when i grow up <laughs> and uh, but once i figured it out the next step Annie, though and you know this being a project manager is to Put it in writing, okay, and that's where the real difference makes. It comes about is is by actually thinking about the things you just talked about, but then creating that plan and executing that plan,
2: chartering your own life. Yeah, what a novel idea! <laughs> yeah.
1: And you know, I used to think you know, right, having a vision and, and all that. I thought it's kind of hokey, you know. And but after some experiences uh, with uh, not being able to figure out what I want to do. It didn't happen until I wrote it down. Mm. So I guess if there's one message I want to leave with uh, your listeners is that a vision without a plan is just a dream. That's my favorite saying. Mm. And what that means to me is that you can have all the visions. You can have all these ideas. You can have all these things and find out these things about the people that you're talking about. But if you don't write it down and you don't create that plan, you know, it's not going to happen. I like
2: yeah. that. A vision without a plan is
1: just, just a dream. Just a dream. I don't know who said it. I, I can't might remember. turn it around
2: and say a plan without a vision is just a to-do
1: list, right? <laughs> okay. That's right. That's right. So anyway, that probably has made the biggest difference uh, in me in the last five years is actually writing out what mm-hmm. I wanted to do. Yeah. Okay. That's and creating huge. that plan. It is huge. That's why there's 24 processes in planning. Okay. <laughs> right, planning so heavy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I knew if we stayed in here long enough the Pinback nerve uh, would come out. yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: it, it's there.
3: Yeah. I want to uh, shift a little bit. Okay. There's a particular project yes. that you've been instrumental in that yes. um I Applaud what you've done. I applaud the momentum you've gotten behind it, and it's gotten a lot of attention. Yes, it's, it's uh, growing the, the PMI community, and uh, that's Project Gratitude. Right. Tell us a bit about that.
1: Well, it goes back to that concept: uh, matching passion with uh, purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at our chapter in Augusta, we uh, took a survey and identified the military outreach was the number one community outreach program that we wanted to support. And of course, being a military community, we have a lot of people that are passionate about it. So our chapter jumped on that topic as an, as, a, as our community outreach focus. The Project Gratitude concept came about because, for me personally, um, my dad was in the military, forced to retire early, couldn't find a job. Mm. And I think that impacted the rest of his life, mm-hmm. okay, in a negative way. And so, for me personally, as a, as, a, as a son, I said I wasn't going to let that happen to anybody else if I could. You know, I was going to help somebody. In, you know, the, if they were getting out of the military to find a job. <clears throat> so, and it turns out that the skill sets the military folks have are, are project management skill sets. Yes. So it's a, an absolute perfect match, and a perfect match is what I like to do. So uh, the the chapter decided that we were going to um, create a. A project, okay, Mm -hmm. to help the military folks that are transitioning into civilian life have better opportunities and with a focus on project management. And so Project Gratitude came about, and there are lots of initiatives out there to help the military do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I mean, I talked earlier about how you don't know when meeting somebody is going to result in opportunities. Well, I had the fortune of meeting uh, Joel Neeb from Afterburner. Mm-hmm. Okay, the local Atlanta Thor. Company. Thor, Thor yeah, yes, a- I believe he was one mm-hmm. of your podcasts. He sat uh, right where you're sitting. And anyway, I met him and we started talking, and I realized that his company was the exact was the perfect model for military folks transitioning to civilian life. Yeah, and that's one of his company's values is to help that. So. That was where a relationship turned into an opportunity. We created a very comprehensive program there to help uh, our local military folks transition. Uh, worked with uh, Afterburner to come and and do a fundraiser. So we wanted mm-hmm. some seed money. So uh, the Murph, the CEO, came and spoke at our chapter, and we raised some money. So now we're off and running with a program. We've got twenty, uh, a little over twenty candidates currently from the Augusta area that we are helping educate on project management, train them on project management, mentor them on project management, certify them, and uh, ultimately find them a job. Uh, we've uh, uh, collaborating with a local recruiting company, so we're not only helping them on the front end get ready to, for the interviews, but we're also helping them on the back end mm-hmm. actually find the jobs. So <clears throat> we're, we're, we're working that program right now, and uh, we're going to present it at the PMI conference in Chicago, Uh, And we're real excited about it. And it's just taken off and it's going great. There's such a need out there for this. We don't have to go out and find candidates. They're finding us. Mm. Okay. So our job is just um, educating them and and providing them the opportunities they need to to find employment in, in project management. So we're real excited about it. And it's going to be a good project.
3: And there's so much success there based off you. You identified the passion point for your community, the local PMI chapter, and it happened to align perfectly with yours. Correct. And uh, so through that, you're able to get people that have a great skill set and are able to dedicate time and, and resources to this effort. So
1: well done. That's right. So we're, we don't have trouble finding volunteers. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we went at it from that angle. You know, Mm -hmm. matching the passion with the purpose, right? And so it's it's going to be a fine, a good project. We're Mm -hmm. real excited about it.
0: One thing you mentioned earlier uh, uh, was was the importance of creating a memory when it when it comes to to anything that you do. I want to delve into that just a little bit. Uh, Why is that important to you?
1: Well, um, again, this is the simple, complicated Roger speaking. Okay, (laughs) what is the value of doing anything if it's not memorable? Okay. You complete a project, your project's done, you're ahead of schedule, under budget, met all the requirements, and nobody remembers it. Okay. Mm -hmm. In in, in my simple mind, that's a waste of time. And so it's important for me personally not to do anything unless somebody remembers it. And so I have put a a strong emphasis on not doing anything unless it results in a memory. And that has allowed me to make decisions and and do things in such a way that um, it ends up better than expected. And people remember it. Okay. We'll talk about it. I don't know how long we'll talk about it, but years to come or something, and and, and memories. And so just focusing on creating memories, which project managers don't do. Mm -hmm. Okay, They meet milestones. They don't meet memories. Okay. But wouldn't it be wonderful to take a milestone, uh, enhance it, do something special that results in a milestone that people remember? Yeah. Okay. And so it just seemed to be a better use of my time and uh, and more fun for me if I can do something that we'll talk about later on as opposed to just forgetting about.
3: This, again, just kind of connecting dots here. This reminds me of Stephen Covey and begin with the end in mind. What you're saying is, let's make sure that our purpose, there's there's something that we're going to create, that we're going to celebrate at the end of this project. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, it's a bit of a challenge for me thinking about some of the boring accounting IT yeah. projects I did in the past. Yeah, But I love that. I love thinking about well, this, begin with the it, end in mind. What will it be that will be that Take away memory. At the it's
1: kind of crazy. But well, you know, I delved into human memory a little bit because I wanted to understand how to create enhanced long-term memory as opposed mm-hmm. to short-term memory. And 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 there's episodic memory. It was is one of the d- types of memory, and it's based on events. Okay, right. now you can call it events or experiences, or you can call it product services or results. Okay, <laughs> and that's what project managers do. We create events. Okay, but We don't necessarily create them with the Mm long-term vision, long-term in mind, the impact in mind. And what I'm saying is why not look at events differently and see how you can make them more memorable so that when your project is complete, you've got something to talk about you've got so
2: give us a, give us an example roger how would you do that on a project uh, either at work or in the volunteer community
1: okay uh we just experienced it with project gratitude i didn't have to have afterburner be part of that project okay we could have done it by ourselves but as i talked to joel thor and found out more about his company and his interest, you know, we said, well, why don't we just make this uh, – why don't we celebrate the creation of Project Gratitude and let's involve Afterburner, okay? So now we're bringing in an international company, big in the project management community, and so we're going to have an event, okay? And Afterburner is going to be the the keynote. Right. That could be memorable, Okay. But then we got a little more personal and we had four. We did a pilot and we had four graduates who got their certifications. Mm -hmm. And so we said, let's recognize them at the event. That could be memorable, but that wasn't enough. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we had custom frames for their certificates and we brought them up on the stage and we made it very personal for those four candidates. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think it created memories for them. Okay. One of those is now very actively involved in helping the next. Generation of Project Gratitude candidates. Yeah, okay. they're given
3: back. They're already plugged in.
1: That's right. So it's it's taking an opportunity and enhancing it. Okay, and you can do that by making it a really positive thing, or you can doing it by making it a very sensual thing. Okay, and that's 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 what the psychologists say. And so we decided that maybe if by recognizing these candidates with a very nice framed certificate, you know, and in front of, you know, 120 business local businessmen. That might result in a memory for them, okay. And that evolved into now an article in the upcoming PMI Today in October about Project Gratitude. And so it's just focusing on the opportunities, focusing on the positive things and enhancing those is something that project managers could do. Uh, but what it results in, what I like about it is that you're going to talk about it for years. Where if you didn't do something like that, your project's over, and you don't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how I do it. That's an example.
0: And it's my understanding that you're putting all these ideas together into a new book that you're writing. Can you give
1: that us a is hint? that is correct? Uh, it, I'm so passionate about this, and I think it's just something that project managers, okay, need to do. We focus on minimizing threats. And that's nothing wrong with that from a risk management standpoint. But I think we don't focus enough on maximizing opportunities, okay? And a moment is nothing more than an opportunity, okay? And so what I'm promoting is that project managers create more of a balance when they do their risk management. And don't just focus on threats. Because if you think about it, let's suppose you've minimized and avoided every threat associated with your project. When you're done, you're, get, you're hoping you're going to get praise for doing nothing. <laughs> okay? Right. right. But what I'm suggesting is that you balance that, okay, and that you also get praise for actually accomplishing something. And the way to do that is to make it memorable. Mm-hmm. So taking those moments, identifying those moments, and enhancing those and making memory out, memories out of those, I think – is going to make a huge difference in the success of projects.
0: Well, hopefully we have made a memorable moment here today with you, Roger. And uh, maybe to help you remember it a little bit better, we have a
1: gift for you the manage this coffee mug there. Thank you very much. Uh, I love coffee. I had a discussion (laughs) with Andy about this, and about coffee before, and, Mm -hmm. and there's nothing better. The only problem is my wife. I don't have any extra space for this, so I'm going to have to clear out some of her <laughs> cups to put my cup in. in She'll understand. She'll understand. Simple, thank you very complicated much.
0: complicated man. <laughs> Roger Duke, thank you so much for my, joining us here on Manage This. Absolutely. My pleasure. Andy and Bill, thanks for your expertise and your perspective as always. A reminder to our listeners that we have just given you a gift as well. All you have to do is claim it. You'll receive free PDUs just for listening to this podcast. To claim your professional development units toward your recertifications, go to VelociTeach.com and select Manage This Podcast from the top of the page. Click on the button that says Claim PDUs and just click through the steps. That's it for us here on Manage This. We hope you'll tune back in on November 7th for our next podcast. In the meantime, you can visit us at VelociTeach.com slash Manage This to subscribe to this podcast, to see a transcript of the show, to contact us and tweet us at manage underscore this if you have any questions about our podcasts or about project management certifications we love hearing from you that's all for this episode thanks for joining us until next time keep calm and manage this